Welcome, loyal listeners, to another episode of Eclectic Full Contact Theater's splendid satirical saunter down memory lane to those thrilling days of yesteryear, Throwing Shade. Remember, if you love the adventures of the Shade and the Vamp, head over to Patreon at www.patreon.com EFCT and become a subscriber for all sorts of exclusive Shade rewards. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy eclectic full-contact theater's throwing shade. There is a darkness in the minds of men. A darkness in their hearts. A darkness in a room with no lights. And who knows that darkness? The shade knows. By day. Theodore Rockwell is a go-get'em reporter for the Chicago Gazette Times Herald, but by night he becomes the Shade. Using his uncanny ability to wear dark clothing, he, assisted by his girl Friday, Wednesday morning, and the mysterious female vigilante, the Vamp, who may be significantly less mysterious after last week's episode. I mean, seriously? Was that reveal necessary before season one was even over? What are these writers? Why are you gesturing at me with a slashing motion across your neck? Oh, right. That whole biting the hand that feeds me thing. <clears throat> the mysterious female vigilante, the vamp, defends the downtrodden and fights the forces of evil. But can one man defend the innocent from the scourge of Chicago's underbelly? Find out in this week's episode, May or May Not. And this week, what can it be? Apparently, our sponsor, Tiny Tots Toys, makers of the Little Miss Manners doll, are still our sponsors! Surprisingly, not a single complaint was lodged by anyone in regards to the Little Miss Manners doll. So once again, Throwing Shade is sponsored by Tiny Tots Toys, makers of the Little Miss Manners doll. Little Miss Manners. If we'd made them earlier, the 19th Amendment might not have happened. Also brought to you by Eclectic Full Contact Theater, bringing you high-quality 1930s radio-style satire since... Well, I'm pretty sure there's a saying about this. Uh, something about a gift horse's mouth. So, the story so far. Having rescued Wednesday morning from the clutches of the Tally crime family, Theodore Rockwell, a.k.a. The Shade, made the discovery that his assistant and typist was, in fact, the vamp, masked female vigilante, and the one who had helped him on all of his cases including the rescue of Misty LeBlanc, Mayor Crane's secretary, from the aforementioned tallies, and foiling the mysterious criminal mastermind behind the attempt to steal Russian diplomat Boris Stasia's family jewels in order to create a freeze ray and extort the governments of the world. While this discovery came as a shock to Theo, the result has been a stronger bond between himself and Wednesday and significantly more inside jokes, which can only help the cause of justice. We all on the same page? Excellent. On to our story. Act 1, Scene 1. Penalty for Early Withdrawal. 
Mick and Penny discover the ups and downs of banking. It had been a quiet few months in Chicago, with no major crime. The city was at peace. Until one night... I can't hear the tumblers, right? Yeah, yeah. You've been listening to that say for ten minutes. I told you we should have used dynamite, Mick. Absolutely. Because we want the cops down on our heads when they hear the bank blow up. They're gonna be down on us if we're still here when the bank opens. Why are we robbing a bank? It's a depression. All the banks is broke. That's what they want you to think. Them fat cat bankers just told everybody they went broke so they could pocket the cash. Mick, if I told yous once, I told yous a thousand times. Just because it says rubbing alcohol don't means you should be drinking it. Funny, you're a scream, a regular knee slapper. I'll have you know, I heard a guy talking about it on the radio. I think listening to that program made your ears dumb, because they sure can't hear that safe. Don't you worry. Just one more, and... There you go, Penny. One bank vault full of... Nothing. It's completely empty. Now what do we do? What do we do? We call the cops. We've been robbed. One, scene two. Police disinformation. Details of the crime come to light, as does arrival. The two civic-minded criminals informed the police, and after giving their statements, were immediately arrested for breaking and entering. Let's rob a bank, he says. It'll be easy, he says. One next. The boys in blue investigated and discovered an interesting clue which Police Chief Cannoli shared with the press. Gentlemen, gentlemen! Ahem. Uh, sorry, and the puddles. Really? And the Misa Morning. Thank you. We have discovered that the perpetrators broke into the vaults through an underground sewer maintenance tunnel. There was an old access branch under the vault floor. Theodore Rockwell, Chicago Gazette Times Herald, Chief Cannoli. Why would there be an access point under the bank vault? It was a leftover from when the building had originally been a water treatment plant. I always said the banking industry was full of... Surely it was secured. It was just covered by a floor tile, which the criminals broke through. Well, there goes the customer's life savings right down the... John Duchesne. Chicago Examiner Sentinel Post. Chief Cannoli, does this mean the bank was negligent, putting their vault over a known entry point? That's the crazy thing. This entry point isn't on any public documents or plans. The only people who knew about it are the builders and the city hall. Theo, that means... Way ahead of you, Wednesday. That means there's absolutely no way of knowing who could have done it. No. It means that the only people who could have done it are either the builders or someone inside City Hall. The mayor has to know something about this. 
to suggest otherwise is... It's scrap paper found in the tunnel has a phone number and address on it that we are, at this very moment, attempting to trace. So, we have two major concerns right now. Number one, track down the stolen money. Everybody knows the police are in the mayor's pocket. I smell... Number two, find out who is behind this. You can rest assured, nobody is above the law in this town. Thank you, gentlemen. And the puddles. Ah! Hello. And Miss Morning. That's all. What do you think, Theo? Why would you leave behind a piece of paper with an address and phone number on it? Clumsy. Bad luck. Maybe the thieves were women and they had no pockets. You really need to get over this obsession you have with pockets. You can carry more in a purse than pockets anyway. It's more efficient. So then you should start carrying one. See, that's what I like about you, Wednesday. <laughs> Your sense of humor. <clears throat> but we need to think seriously. People drop things. We don't even know if it has anything to do with the robbery. It may turn out to be nothing. Boy, did that piece of paper turn out to be something. Oh, sorry. John Duchet, Chicago Examiner, Sentinel Post. We know who you are, John. And everyone else will know me once I print this story. You two can keep your exclusives on the shade and the vap. They're old news. I busted this case wide open. What are you talking about? I'd get those fingers typing, dollface. And pay attention. You might learn something. Don't you know any words longer than four letters? Sorry. That's all I can think of right now. You should come work for me, sweetheart. I've got an impressive lexicon. I'd really stretch your horizons. Be still my heart. John, how did you solve the case? I got an anonymous call telling me the phone number on the piece of paper was a direct line to the mayor. What? I just dialed it, and his assistant, Misty LeBlanc, answered. That's unbelievable! Not at all. According to the caller, the address is the mayor's private residence. Are you saying? I'm not saying anything more. I'm just gonna let my story do the talking. Mayor Crane's got a lot to answer for. But we don't know the thieves even dropped that paper. It could be completely unrelated. That's bourgeois. Of course it's related. She has a point, John. Until the police find fingerprints or something. You make some good points, Rockwell. Yeah. But it's a risk I'm willing to take. This story is going to win me a Pulitzer. It's really amazing how many words in the English language only have four letters. That touche inspires me. He seems to inspire strong emotion in everyone. What do you mean? No! Puddles! Bad dog! Hmm. Always liked that dog. Do you think the mayor could have something to do with this? As unlikely as it may be for the government of a city like Chicago to be corrupt, I guess anything's possible. The more important question is, who is this anonymous caller who spilled the beans to Duchet? Let's get back to the office. Clemens isn't going to be happy we got scooped. Act 1, Scene 3. Stop the presses. Clemens delivers an ultimatum. 
When Theo and Wednesday arrived at the offices of the Chicago Gazette Times Herald, editor-in-chief Clarence Clemens was not happy about them getting scooped. Don't let puddles meet the cat. I'm not happy you got scooped. What are you two playing at? I don't send you to press conferences for my health, you know. I expect you to come back with news. In fairness, Chief, the caller contacted Duche specifically. There was no way we could have found that out. There's always a way. There's always a way. What's wrong? You two getting stale? Maybe I should use this Duche myself to keep things fresh. What did the mayor have to say about all this? Well, um... You see, uh... We haven't asked him yet. What? Great Caesar's salad! Get out of my office and don't come back here until you have an actual story! Oh, really, hold on. I'm gonna end up having to sleep with the cat. That went well. Well, at least he didn't throw anything. I didn't know he'd gotten a pet. We better get over to City Hall and see what the mayor has to say for himself. I'll call Misty LeBlanc and see if she can get us a private interview with Mayor Crane. He may be more forthcoming if he's not in public. Good idea. We don't want him to feel ambushed. Operator? City Hall, please. Mayor's office. Thanks. Miss LeBlanc? Theodore Rockwell here. I... Yes, I'm fine. How are you? Well, that's fine. Listen, I just... Yes, Miss Morning is with me as well. Yes, she's fine as well. We're all fine. Isn't that fine? Now, Miss LeBlanc... Oh, all right, Misty. <laughs> Misty, I was... Well, of course you can call me Theodore. Yes, that's fine. <clears throat> the reason I'm calling is I wanted to know if you could get Miss Morning and myself an interview with the mayor about this bank robbery business. Oh, I realize he's mighty upset about it. I can well understand that. But we wanted to get more details, sort of get his side of the story. Oh, you can? Oh, well, thank you, Misty. Yes, that'll be fine. Yes, fine as fine can be. All right, thank you again. We truly appreciate it. Fine. Goodbye. Well, that sounded fine. And you're calling her Misty now. Smooth, Casanova. It's a purely professional relationship, Wednesday. But more flies with honey, as they say. Why does anyone want to attract flies? Well, the saying originated in the 1700s in Louisiana, where frog catching was a major source of income. The bait for frogs is flies, so... Are you making that up? Very likely. Let's go. We've got a mayor to grill. Act 1, Scene 4. Crime Boss Redux. An old nemesis comes to light. Figuratively. Meanwhile, in a familiar abandoned musical instrument warehouse inexplicably located near the stockyards... Okay. Somebody want to explain what I'm doing here in the dark? Jimmy the Tooth Moretti don't like being ordered around. It ain't healthy for them that tries it. So show yourself. There's no need for you to see me, Moretti. Anonymity is my trademark. I have a business proposition for you. 
Jimmy the Tooth Moretti don't negotiate with them that sneaks around in the shadows. It's always fascinated me that despite your somewhat surprising success as a criminal, you've never gotten that missing front tooth replaced. You would be so much more intimidating without that whistle. The whistle is my trademark, and you want intimidating? Snap on the lights, and I'll slap you all the way to Sunday. Yes, I'm sure. But if you might tap down the rampant machismo for a moment, as I said, I have a proposition. What kind of proposition? I know you run several gambling establishments. None of that ain't never been proved. The sheer number of negatives in that sentence is astounding. It ain't no good buttering me up. What do you want with my entertainment venues? Oh, not a thing. Save for 60% of your profits. Are you soft in the head or something? Why would I give you a cut of my take? Because there is a bill in the city legislature proposing the legalization of gambling in Chicago. Legalized gambling would ruin you. It'll be a snowy day in San Diego before Crane ever shines a bill like that. Then strap on your snowshoes, Moretti, because that's exactly what he will do. Unless you play a ball. That's extortion. Give the lucky mobster a prize. Pony up the cashola or the weight of City Hall will fall right on top of you. You can't strong-arm Jimmy the Tooth Moretti. Funny. I'm pretty sure I just did. Fine. You got a deal. But you ain't heard the last of Jimmy the Tooth Moretti. Play nice, Moretti. You don't want to end up in a pair of cement shoes, do you? Good boy. Now I want you to make a good-faith deposit into the account written here. I can't read in the dark. How about you turn on them lights? That's why I write it down, Moretti. So you can take it with you. Ten thousand dollars by the end of the day, or else. All right, all right. Boy, I thought dealing with gangsters was bad. They're <laughs> dealing with City Hall, Moretti. It's the same thing. Hmm. Now make tracks and get me my money. Act 1, Scene 5. Toothache. The mayor discovers things he didn't know about himself. When Theo and Wednesday arrived at City Hall, neither the mayor nor Misty LeBlanc were there. However, they did run into a familiar face. Ooh. Oh, sorry, I didn't see you there. Totally my fault. John Duchesne, Chicago Examiner Sentinel Post. We know who you are, John. What are you doing here? My anonymous source told me big doings were going on at City Hall, so I decided to sniff around. Well, something definitely stinks. Did your source tell you what was happening? No. They stayed shtum on that. But they did say it involved his honor, Mayor Crane. Good. We can ask him about that when we see him. We have an appointment. So he knows you're coming? No wonder he's not here. You can't give them a heads up. You have to ambush them if you want to get any real information. Sounds underhanded. I can assure you, Mayor Crane has always been honest with us. Not punctual, but honest. Though I am surprised Misty's not here. Probably attending to the mayor's needs. She is his assistant. That's one word for it. Now, Miss LeBlanc is an intelligent, capable woman. I don't think I like your insinuation. Maybe not, but it sells papers. Not to decent people. You'd be surprised. I'd love to hear what the mayor tells you. Perhaps you could enlighten me over dinner. 
I don't think it would be ethical for me to discuss the contents I of was a- speaking to Miss Morning. I'd rather starve. You're chilly now, but I can warm you up. Until later. That man is a complete- Duché. Duché. That name sounds familiar. Probably because he introduces himself constantly. Maybe. I wonder where everyone is. So sorry to be late, Miss Morning, Theodore. I had a, um, hair appointment that ran long. Is the mayor here? Oh, Rockwell, morning. So sorry I'm late, but I had a, um, a meeting that couldn't be avoided. Affairs of state, you know. That's one word for it. I hate to say it, but Duchesne may have been onto something. What can I do for you? Well, we just have a few questions about the evidence found at the scene of the bank robbery. The paper with your office's phone number and home address on it? As I have said before, I know nothing about this robbery, and I find any suggestion that I am connected to it highly insulting. The mayor has had workmen renovating his home. Perhaps one of them is involved, and that's why he had the mayor's information. Well, that's reasonable. What about the fact that plans to the access tunnel are only available through your office? I authorized all city plans and records to be made public weeks ago, right, Misty? You certainly said that, Mr. Mayor. That sounds like less than a ringing endorsement. I checked with the records office and they said they never received that missive, sir. What? That's preposterous. I know I sent it. I know you told me you did, sir. Pardon me, Mr. Mayor. John Duchesne, Chicago Examiner, Sentinel Post. We know who you are, John. I couldn't help overhearing. Because you're a nosy little eavesdropper. But are you saying Mayor Crane lied about sending that authorization so his goons could rob the bank? You! Duchesne! That's not what I said at all. I'm sure Mayor Crane had a very good reason for not sending the authorization. Missy, you're not helping. Are you saying your assistant is in cahoots with you? I'll have you know that I have never been to cahoots with Miss LeBlanc or anyone else. Wherever that is. Don't play dumb with me, Mayor. You're not as good at it as John is. Now, if we could get back to what we were discussing... Before the wild, unsubstantiated accusation started? I will not continue this conversation in a hallway, nor will I dignify this man's wild suppositions with a response. I have done nothing wrong. All right, you crook. Here's your blood money. What is the meaning of this? That's noted underworld figure Jimmy the Tooth Moretti. Why are you dropping off a bag full of money at City Hall? That's what I like about you, John. Your speeches are always so expositional. This crook is squeezing me. That's what I'm doing here. Says if I don't cut him in for a slice of my take, he'll bury me with legalized gambling. That's quite an accusation. What proof do you have? Are you mad? He's a criminal. Arrest him. What's wrong, Mayor? Afraid of what he'll tell us? I have never spoken to this man in my life. Mr. Moretti has never been to the Mayor's office. See? Mr. Moretti, 
When did the mayor allegedly try to squeeze you? Earlier today, though he made me meet him in a pitch-black warehouse and never turned on the lights. What? So you couldn't see who it was? Of course it was Crane. That's why he kept the lights off. Otherwise, he'd be recognized. Come on, Mayor. Spill it. Why are you shaking down low-level hoodlums? Hey, hey, hey! I'll have you know that I am solidly mid-level management with a lot of upward momentum within the organization. Everything this man says is a lie. Nah, I'm on the level. My last review went really well. This man is obviously lying, as I have no intention of allowing gambling in Chicago. I vetoed that bill weeks ago. Well, that's good to hear. If that's true, why hasn't the city legislature released a statement? Sir, I just received a letter from the legislature this morning asking you to take action on that bill. What? But... Maybe it got lost in the mail, like the letter about the records. Hold on. If it was pitch black, how do you know you were talking to the mayor? Because they gave me a piece of paper with a bank account on it to deposit the money into. I reached out to my associates in the banking industry and was told the account belonged to the mayor. That's preposterous. Sir, you had me open an account for you last week. I did no such thing. The mayor has been under a lot of stress lately and has been quite forgetful. Building a criminal empire can really take it out of you. I refuse to continue this charade. Everyone get out. Miss LeBlanc, if I might have a word with you in my office. Yes, sir. Come on, Moretti. You can tell me all about this meeting you had with the mayor. Be glad to. It's essential that citizens are able to trust their elected officials. Otherwise, all we got is chaos. Wednesday, are you thinking what I'm thinking? That Duchesne needs a swift kick in his... While I'm sure I'll agree with the end of that sentence, what I actually meant was, do you remember another criminal who met with people in a pitch-black warehouse? The one after the Stasia family jewels. Do you think that could be the mayor? Well, he doesn't strike me as the take-over-the-world-with-a-freeze-ray type, but the evidence against him for this is becoming pretty substantial. We better get back to the office and put this story to bed before Duche scoops us again. I just wish I could remember where I've heard that name before. We'll return to throwing shade in a moment. But first, a word from our sponsor. Friends, in these fast-changing times, when the very foundations of our society seem to have crumbled beneath us, are you looking for something that can give your little girl the same firm, unwavering, unyielding rules in life that inspired you? The code of conduct that filled you with a healthy, childlike fear of failure and adult disappointment? If you want your daughter to be the same, never heard, barely seen angel you were when you were their age, 
make sure to get her the Little Miss Manners doll from Tiny Tots Toys. This mini role model guides your little bundle of joy to the goal of being the most obedient, malleable, and suggestible little girl through a series of wholesome phrases Little Miss Manners utters while your daughter plays with her. Phrases like, Ambition is so unladylike. My parents know best. Curiosity causes wrinkles. If you want a daughter who will happily be the conduit for you to live out your dreams, then make sure she's a Little Miss Manners. Little Miss Manners, squashing individuality since 1920. And now, a few words from other important personages. Vamp, come quick. What is it, Shade? Is someone in danger? There sure is, Vamp. Businesses and theater companies across the country are falling victim to sagging sales and empty seats. We're facing an economic catastrophe worse than the last economic catastrophe. <gasps> oh no! We have to do something! We should take to the streets, find clues, interrogate suspects! Sell advertising! Right! Sell! What? Businesses and theater companies can buy ad space with us, Vamp, on Throwing Shade. They'll reach thousands of discerning, law and order loving... Comedy starved. Comedy starved listeners from coast to coast. I understand they can listen to us on something called a podcast. Yes, that's true. You can hear us wherever these podcasts are broadcast. What does a podcast mean, Shade? I haven't the faintest idea. Maybe throwing peas? <gasps> Maybe that's the world peas I keep hearing everyone striving for. I'm ignoring that. Mm. It sounds like advertising with us could rescue these businesses and theater companies. And save their bottom line. The rates are incredibly affordable. Well, there is a depression. Really? I'm quite happy. Get in touch with Eclectic Full Contact Theater at info at eclectic-theater.com. Say goodnight, Shade. Goodnight, Shade. And now. Back to throwing shade. Mayor may not. Act 2, Scene 1. Hot Cross Heroes. The Shade and the Vamp discover a sweet clue. While Editor-in-Chief Clemens was happy with Rockwell and Wednesday's story, This is great! Really packs a punch! But lay off this getting both sides thing! This is America! You gotta tell people what to think! Over the next few days, things at City Hall settled down, and the talk against the mayor lowered to a murmur. The Shade and the Vamp were unable to find anything substantial about the mysterious crime boss. There's nothing in this warehouse except old musical instruments. Do you smell that? Smell what? It smells like... Sugar cookies! So we're obviously looking for an evildoer with an affinity for baked goods. I'm not sure that. I think we need to stake out Dinkle's Bakery right now. Do you really believe that will lead to our criminal mastermind? I have no idea. But it does mean we'll be there when the cookies come out of the oven. Ooh. Crime fighters have to take their perks where they can. Let's go! The Shade and the Vamp hurried through the late-night darkness to Dinkle's Bakery, where they took up a position on the roof of the building across Lincoln Avenue by silently scaling the wall. 
Why are these buildings so tall? Well, almost silently. I don't know why you didn't just let me pick the lock downstairs so we could have walked up the roof. Breaking and entering is against the law. We should try to avoid criminal acts as much as we can. But scaling the side of a building isn't against the law? Window washers do it. So we're window washers now. Well? Now that I think of it, your back did brush up against several windows when you lost your footing and swung back and forth for about five minutes. I was merely testing the tensile strength of the ropes. Should we have to make a quick escape over the side of the building and swing down into an open window? Of course you were. Besides, I spent good money on these grappling hooks and I'd like to get my money's worth. You are nothing if not frugal. One can't be frivolous in today's economy. But now we're here and we'll be able to see anyone that goes in or out of the bakery. Our mysterious crime figure is as good as caught. Shade? Yes? While this position is excellent for recognizance, with adequate cover for us, an elevated position in clear lines out of sight on all avenues of approach to the front of the store, I do have one question. What's that? Wouldn't a secretive criminal mastermind that takes great pains to ensure his identity is never revealed, even to those he works with, use the back door? Okay, but we're using the stairs. Wouldn't that be breaking and entering? No, we're leaving. And as far as I know, there's no law against breaking and exiting. Are you sure? I think there's a few windows you missed down there. Quiet, you. Okay. The vamp successfully picked the lock. And our heroes made their way down the stairs and into the alley behind Dinkle's Bakery. They weren't there very long before they saw a shadowy figure make his way down the alley and stop in front of the bakery's door. Aha! Just as I thought. Even the criminal element can't resist Dinkle's fresh-baked goodness. I have to admit, I hadn't expected this to work. Don't feel bad, Vamp. Not everyone can have the heightened, razor-sharp sense of intuitive logic possessed by the Shade. The figure looked around surreptitiously, then quickly entered the bakery. That's it! Come on! Stop right there, miscreant! The mysterious figure spun around at the sound of the Shade's command, and our heroes found themselves face to face with... a young man in the midst of tying an apron around his waist. Who are you? Get out of here before I call the police. Oh, the police will be called, have no doubt. But not until you tell me why you're trying to set up the mayor and why you wanted to create a freeze ray. What are you talking about? I never met the mayor. Which is fine since I wasn't crazy about him getting elected. And I wouldn't know a freeze ray from Adam. Ha! Now I know you're lying. It'd be impossible not to know a freeze ray from Adam, since only one of them is a person. Now, who are you? I asked you first. Nice try, but no dice. Um, he's right. He did. All right, fine. You're lucky we have such high regard for decorum. I'm the Shade. 
and this is the vamp. The shade and the vamp. I'm so sorry. I should have recognized you. You with the all-black intimidating ensemble. And you, vamp, you, you've got a nice kind of Clara Bow thing going. Nice outfit. Thanks. It has pockets. Now, who are you? I'm Five-ish. You're Five-ish Dinkle. Oh. You know, my grandfather owns this bakery, and I'm just here to start the morning work. I have to do all the early morning baking ever since we started making things that required yeast. And my grandfather and father are both kosher, you see. Me? <laughs> not so much. I told you, Vamp, he's our man. Anyone who's not kosher can't be trusted. That's not... No, no, no. I just mean I'm reformed. You don't seem to reform to me, Buster. Breaking into a bakery, trying to frame the mayor, putting the squeeze on organized crime figures for your own gain. Shane, he's not reformed. That's what I'm saying. He's reform. It's a religious thing? Well, that, that's one way of putting it, I guess. But, but yes, reform as in instead of orthodox. I'm very confused. I picked up on that. The point is, I didn't break in. I work here. And I wouldn't know how to put the squeeze on anybody. I'm too busy between helping out here and going to college. Oh, what are you studying? I'm going to be a doctor. Very noble. Meh, I like bacon. But my mother, she wants a doctor in the family. She's tired of everyone smelling like bread. So she prefers you smell of antiseptic? To her, that's the sweet smell of success. Huh. The hideout of this villain we're looking for had a distinct smell of sugar cookies. Well, I do make sugar cookies here, but so does every other bakery in Chicago. Right. And they're very popular, so hundreds of people buy them every day. Right. Yes. I hadn't thought of that. We're very sorry for the whole running in and accusing you of major crimes thing. <laughs> yes, sometimes I do get a bit enthusiastic. Uh, don't mention it. It's nice to know you immediately thought of Dinkles when you thought of baked goods. <laughs> Listen, is it possible that I could mention the fact that you two like our sugar cookies? Could uh, do wonders for business. I think that would be... We would, of course, need to sample the product first. We'd hate to have our names used to back something we hadn't personally tried. Of course! Of course! If you could wait just a little while, I'll put a batch in the oven. Well, we may not have found our criminal mastermind, but at least there are cookies. Your glass is always half full, isn't it, Shade? Ooh, that reminds me. Five-ish, do you have any milk? Ooh! To scene two. No account accountant. The mayor ends up in the red. Unsurprisingly, the stakeout at Dinkles came to naught. And before the shade and the vamp could investigate further, another scandal rocked City Hall. Come in. <clears throat> Mr. Mayor? Yes, Miss LeBlanc? <clears throat> the city accountant is here to see you. Nathan? Here? Why? I don't know, sir, but he says it's extremely important. Did you tell him it's extremely important? All right, all right. Send him in. The mayor will see you now, Mr. Sniveling. It's sniveling. Of course. 
All right, Nathan, what is it? The girls in the secretarial pool stealing paper clips again? Thankfully, no. Though I do wish my original recommendation of chaining the paper clips to the desks a la bank pens had been given more serious consideration. About it, there's one highly problematic downside to your idea, Nathan. Regardless, the issue at hand today is far more serious. As you know, I keep meticulous books. Your bookkeeping prowess has been remarked upon repeatedly in the halls of power. So, you can imagine my shock when I came into the office today and discovered, hastily hidden behind a file cabinet in the wall, a second set of books. What? A duplicate set, identical in almost every way, almost. You see, my books show all monies entering and leaving the city coffers, every penny accounted for. Yes. But these books show several odd entries of monies paid into the general fund, monies amounting to tens of thousands of dollars. They are marked building fund. That is unusual. But more unusual is that those same amounts are shown leaving the general fund a day or two later, under the heading Charity Donations. Is City Hall donating to charity? Not that I'm aware of. Are you suggesting that someone in City Hall is laundering money through the general fund? It does appear so, sir. Sniveling! Sniveling, sir. I want you to find out who is behind this. Uh, sir! Leave no stone unturned. This criminal must be brought to light. Sir! I will see the culprit prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. It's you, sir! Excuse me? Well, I mean, um, it's just that... Stop sniveling, sniveling! It's sniveling, I, I, I mean... Spit it out, Nathan! It's the handwriting, sir, you see... Handwriting? What handwriting? In the ledger, sir. The entries are in your handwriting. That's impossible. I've never seen those ledgers before. But I compared it to letters you wrote or signed, and it matches. Look, you sniveling... Sniveling, uh, sir. Shut up! Don't you dare breathe a word of this to anyone! But... Not now! Sorry to disturb you, Mr. Mayor. Which part of not now was unclear, Miss LeBlanc? I, I do apologize, but there are two men out here who insist on seeing you. I don't care! You tell them! <laughs> John Duchesne, Chicago Examiner, Sentinel Post. I know who you are, Duchesne. How dare you barge in here without ceremony? A little birdie told me there was another scandal a-brewing at City Hall. I didn't tell him nothing, Mayor. I swear he didn't get it from me. Eustace, what are you doing here? Aha! So you know each other. Of course we know each other, you simpleton. Eustace P. Etherwald has been trying to get permission to develop luxury housing on the lakefront for months now, a measure I have repeatedly stated publicly that I am against. That's what I told him. He didn't get nothing out of me. What are you 
babbling about? I happen to know that this office has been accepting money from Mr. Etherwald. That's the most ridiculous- I told him it was for your re-election! I also happen to know that Mr. Etherwald has been making plans to develop the lakefront. I told him I'm an eternal optimist. Convinced you change your mind? I can assure you this office has not accepted one penny from Mr. Etherwald, nor do we have plans to allow him or anyone else to develop the lakefront. That ain't what you said on the phone. I, 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 I mean, I, uh. So you have been accepting bribes. That would explain why these deposits are marked building fund. Nathan! Now, look here, Duché. I... I, I mean... Uh, Sniveling won't help you now. It's sniveling. And you are? I'm the accountant. So you can corroborate the story. Well, um, there are a few peculiarities. I knew it. I have never spoken to this man. I thought you said you had spoken numerous times about his desire to develop the lake for us. Yes, but... Oh, he talked to me all right. Told me that he'd, he'd let the development go through if I greased his palm. Said he'd make sure there were enough votes to overturn his objections. I ain't going down for this alone. I'll tell you everything. You liar! Get out of my office! We're going. But I'm not sure it's going to be your office much longer. (laughs) Well, Sniveling, what are you still doing here? I hope that you understand I bear you no ill will, Mr. Mayor, but I have to be honest about what I see. Of course you do, Nathan. And I hope you understand that not only do I bear you ill will, but if you don't get out of my sight, I'm going to beat you senseless with it. Yes, sir. Are you all right, sir? Misty, you're still here. I assumed you'd run off to sell your story to Duchesne. My duty and loyalty lies with you, Mayor Crane. Mr. Duchesne is just throwing around unfounded suppositions. I know what type of man you really are. Thank you, Misty. I feel like I'm at the end of my rope. How is one supposed to handle attacks grossly and rudely stated? Where is the civility? I know what you mean, Mr. Mayor. That Duchesne fella needs one of those Little Miss Manners dolls from Tiny Tot's Toys. If more people listened to that sweet little doll, we'd all be better off. A doll? Oh, not just any doll, Mr. Mayor. A Little Miss Manners doll. You pull the string in her back and she says all kinds of useful things to help little girls become more polite and less assertive. My mother bought me one when I was a little girl and made me play with it every day, no matter what. And hearing the doll say things like, Smile, or you'll be ugly. Or, Women who talk never get married. Has helped make me the woman I am today. I must admit, it sounds like the world could definitely use more of that kind of wisdom. But, unfortunately, that doesn't help me in my present predicament. Unfortunately, Little Miss Manners doesn't help with effectiveness, just politeness. It's all right, Miss LeBlanc. You can only be expected to do so much, but but there is one thing you can do. I need you to call the only man who can help me now. You mean? I need you to call the shade. <gasps> 
Will the shade help Mayor Crane? Has the mayor been corrupted by power? Does Misty actually know how to contact the shade? Answers to questions like these may be answered in next week's spellbinding season conclusion to Throwing Shade, Mayor May Not. Throwing Shade is brought to you by Chicago's premier storefront theater company, Eclectic Full Contact Theater, presenting their first show of their massive eighth season, Richard III, running October 1st through November 2nd in Studio 3 at the Athenaeum Theater. 2936 North Southport Avenue. Will Richard stop at nothing to reach the pinnacle of power? Will he act unethically, unlawfully, deceive, seduce, even commit murder? Come on, you think George R.R. R. Martin invented this stuff? Meet the unlikely man who schemed so cleverly and bloodily, we're still talking about him today. Info now at www.eclectic-theater.com. Loyal listeners get a special deal on tickets. Use the code word WEDNESDAY for up to 50% off. EFCT is unique. EFCT is irreverent. EFCT is theater. Here's a sneak listen to next week's thrilling conclusion. This has been Throwing Shade, brought to you by Eclectic Full Contact Theater, sponsored by the Little Miss Manners doll from Tiny Tots Toys, created by Sarah Siegel and Andrew Pond, written by Andrew Pond, directed by Katie Siegel, starring the voice talents of Jocelyn Adamski, Jessica Lauren Fisher, Daniel Houle, Noelle Kleiss, and Andrew Pond. Our Foley artist is Lori Iyer. Our engineer is us. And I'm your narrator, Noelle Kleiss. Special thanks to Tina Salamone. Tune in next week. Same shade time, same shade station. Hello, everyone. I'm Andrew Pond. And I'm Sarah Siegel. You may remember us from such podcasts as the one you were just listening to. We'd like to thank you for joining us and hope you've enjoyed the adventures of Theodore Rockwell and Wednesday Morning. And The Shade and the Vamp. If so, please head over to Eclectic Full Contact Theater's Throwing Shade Patreon page at www.patreon.com EFCT and become a patron. You can support Throwing Shade for as little as a dollar a month. That may be the literal definition of a pittance. Become a patron today and join such luminarious folks as Michael Canari and Mike Drugan. Uh, luminarious? What? It's a word. Anyway, becoming a patron gets you access to behind-the-scenes videos, episode outtakes, merchandise, and much, much more, including the opportunity to ask us anything. I myself am an open book. More like a picture book. Be glad it's not a pop-up. So... Head over to patreon.com slash EFCT to support Eclectic Full Contact Theater's Throwing Shade. And head over to eclectic-theater.com to find out what else Eclectic Full Contact Theater is up to. Say goodnight, Andrew. Goodnight, Andrew. Bye.